Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Nolan O'Hara. This week, we had some breaking news that the men's basketball coach, Richard Pitino, was fired by athletics director Mark Coyle. He's since accepted a new job as the coach at New Mexico. So I'm here with AJ Condon, our basketball beat reporter, to discuss all these latest developments. How's it going, AJ? It's going good. Um, It's good as always. Beautiful weather outside, turn into spring. I'm jealous that you're going golfing tomorrow, but I know I'll be I'll be out on the links soon. So, all good from my end for sure. We'll we'll make it out there pretty quick. Uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice here. Golf early. I know. You know when the Masters are supposed to be. <laughs> like it's super nice because like two weeks ago, super nice weather out, and then we get snow on what Sunday, Monday, whatever it was. And we're getting the nice weather back again. Um, I know Masters is coming up. We got a lot of fun sports coming up too. Um, obviously March Madness coming up. So that's going to be a lot of fun too, but for sure that kills, obviously kills the productivity. I think we've been talking about that, (laughs) (laughs) but then you look at it too and it's lining up and the weekends are nice. So we love to see that it can be drabbing 45 during the week, but if we get those 60 degree weekends, it'll be all good. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess back to the topic at hand here of, uh, Richard Pitino, um, his firing wasn't unexpected, but it was still a little bit shocking. You know, they, they, of course, have to release it right around 9 o'clock at night on Monday. Um, but, you know, you had the story for us right away. What was your reaction when it became official? Yeah, so like you said, it wasn't really unexpected um, by any means. Uh, there was a tweet, um, I forgot exactly who it was, but the day before, saying that Minnesota's expected to part ways with Patino. Um, and then, obviously, Mark Coyle um, actually released the information. So I was a little sad when it happened. Um, we've talked about Patino, obviously, a lot in here. I, I did like him as a coach. Super nice guy. Um, worked with him for just this one year, but um, he was always super welcoming um, and, v- and really nice. So when I saw it, I was I was a little saddened, but I uh, wasn't too um, surprised by it. And I'm, I am happy he found a new job right off the bat. Um, I think he's going to do good things down in New Mexico, and I hope for the best out of him. For sure. Yeah, I do too. It's I, I remember like one of my first assignments I ever did, I actually talked to Patino at a winery in Alexandria, of all things. Um, they did like a gopher's coach's caravan where they went around to like little towns in Minnesota. And that was like oh, the nice. very first story I ever yeah. did at the Daily and got to talk to Patino and, and the other coaches. But it is it is sad to see him go. But yeah, obviously not unexpected. Um, the writing had been kind of on the wall for a couple weeks since that bad end to the season um yeah, just total turnaround too that was the most surprising part it was a 180 it really was they were looking like top 15 team um especially at home too that was and then something happened um and the team just looked like a complete different team it looked like more of like the team that minnesota's more used to um on the basketball side so yeah it was weird i wasn't sold on them after iowa but when they beat michigan state and ohio state right away after that i was I was kind of like, wow, maybe this is a much better team yeah. than I had thought it was. And then they kind of, I guess, proved me right at the end yeah, of the season. Exactly, but exactly. It just it's it was an odd way for it all to go down. Yeah, I mean, we've seen our chokes as Minnesota sports fans, but that was one of the bigger ones that like was just such a big drop off from play, um, in honestly a very short period of time too. So yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, that's more of the usual for Minnesota for yep, sure. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> can't uh can't be surprised there i've grown up watching those kind of collapses <laughs> my entire life oh yeah 
I thought um, we were gonna see another one in the the hockey Big Ten uh, tournament. Oh, against Wisconsin. 5-1. Next thing you know, it's five four, and I'm like, not again, not again, Minnesota. And luckily, <laughs> they pulled it out, so that was exciting too. Be able to cheer for another cha- or for a championship, I guess. So for sure, for sure, my roommate thought he was the curse with that. He turned it on at the beginning of the third period and was like, "Oh, we're up five one," and then then goes and sees the Wisconsin scores three goals right away. <laughs> He's like, "Man, I must be a bad luck charm here." <laughs> uh, but again, I guess uh, looking at Patino too. Now the big question is, who's going to replace him? You know, uh, you already put out an article. We're going to plug that here on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, that outlined a couple of the candidates that you think could be a good fit. Um, and then I guess another thing to note going into this search too is we saw the Star Tribune report that Minnesota is the only Big Ten university that doesn't have a person of color in either the position of president, athletics director, or a single head coach. Um, yeah, when Patino was here, all 19 of Minnesota's coaches were white. Um, and I guess looking at both that and then we kind of have this pool of potential candidates Coyle wants to be competitive, not just in the Big Ten, but nationally. Um, he wants to see this as a championship-level program. Where do you think he goes with this hire? Yeah, so um, in my article, I, I listed about six guys who I thought were probably the best candidates and most likely. Obviously, I wouldn't talk about a guy like Beeline because that's more of a long shot. Um, I did put it in the description of our last podcast yeah. when you were on here, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Coyle, Coyle can go a lot of places with this. Um Obviously, that, that article that Meg Ryan put out, um, Coyle obviously knows about that. He, he, he knows that there's um, it, that the whole staff is white, and obviously that's going to go into his decision. Um, but the, the two biggest guys that uh, would kind of fit that um, narrative on not having them all just be white are the two guys I talked about who didn't have the Minnesota ties. Um, and so that's something I think that Coyle is going to be looking into because one of the big problems that um, Patino had was keeping those in-state recruits to come to Minnesota. And I think that something that's going to help those in-state recruits uh, stay in, stay here and uh, play for Minnesota is having a guy that at least has some ties to Minnesota, whether it was playing on the team, growing up um, in the state, having his dad be a uh, former coach. Um, that's going to be a big thing to be able to get these in-state recruits to stay here. Um, in my article, that's, that's what I kind of break down with those four Minnesota guys um, with Medved, uh, Dutcher, Saunders, and Musselman, um, they all have a tie to Minnesota, and I think that's going to be the best chance of kind of getting over that hump and keeping um, in-state recruits here. So I think above all, Coyle's looking to be competitive, um, like you said, not just in the Big Ten but in the nation. And whoever that whoever he believes is going to be is going to be the guy that's able to make this team competitive again. I think um, he's going to go with because he wants to give this team the best opportunity, and I'm just interested to see. Um, what kind of leash this this next coach has? Because we've seen what happened with Tubby Smith and uh, with Patino, so it's gonna be interesting to see um, how much time he gives this whoever this new coach is um, to kind of turn around this program. Because like we just saw, we saw Jamal Mashburn, probably a, our best future guy um, on the team of that freshman. He uh, he transferred, so it's gonna be obviously a tough situation to come into uh, for this new coach. So he's gonna have to kind of turn things around pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, that's one thing that I have been interested in is uh, whether, um, yeah, whether they will give them that long of a leash because it's going to be a tough couple years to start. Um, and we can kind of circle back to that later in the podcast. I think kind of the some of the bigger names that mo- are more likely names. Dutcher, I believe his buyout is significantly less if he comes to Minnesota than if he left for any other school. 
Um, yeah, that is because he said he said something about wanting to come to Minnesota. So in his contract, yeah, it it, it almost dropped six million dollars, I think, on the buyout at from like seven down to one. Um, so that obviously helps our our case in that. Yeah, so I think he's a pretty likely case scenario, uh, pretty likely option to come into. And um, Cleveland State coach, I can't remember his name off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, right there's now. so many of those. I know Tony uh, put out an article with Go for Hold that I was reading. He and he talked about him as well, but I didn't. I didn't talk about him in my on my article. Um, yeah, so I think those are kind of two names that are kind of rising up as like pretty likely. Oh, um, Dennis Gates. There Dennis Gates. Yes, yeah, I did. You, you did talk about, about did, him. Yeah, in yeah, your, yeah. I was like, I knew you talked yeah. about him in there. Um, yeah, Dennis Gates and, and uh, Brian Dutcher seem to be two names that are kind of rising towards the top as the most likely guys to come in here. Um, you know, but with that being said, like Coyle said, you know, he, he wants to build a competitive program that can compete for national titles. Most of the teams that are doing that kind of have one of these big name coaches, the Coach K's, you know, the, uh, the, um, oh man, I'm blanking on every single coach. Yeah, I mean, Michigan B-line, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, uh, Izzo, obviously yeah, yeah. Tom Izzo, Juwan um, Howard now too. They're, yeah, and a lot Calipari, of big, yeah. you know, yeah. There know, now they're all coming. Now they're now they're all coming back. Now they're flowing. Yeah, so you know, obviously these programs have these big name coaches who can bring in recruits. Um, you know, some of the bigger names as far as like floating right now are obviously John Beeline and Eric Musselman. Uh, Musselman's kind of quickly became a star here at Arkansas. You know, with that Indiana job open now, too, which is probably a lot more attractive than the job here in Minnesota, what kind of realistic shot do the Gophers have at a big name? Coyle was kind of trying to sell this job in the press conference, said he's already received a lot of interest, thinks it's a, you know, great opportunity, but do other coaches really feel that way? And do does Minnesota really have any realistic shot at one of these kind of headline names. Yeah, so I'm not going to call what Coyle said being a bluff, but I think that's what he's trying to do. He wants to sell this program um, to these bigger-named guys because he knows that um, when that Indiana job opened up, like that's that's obviously a better um, looking, and that's probably a better job, a job opening. So Minnesota definitely didn't gain anything from um, from that, and it's, it's going to make it a lot harder now uh, to land those guys. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, Beeline – that is one of the long shots, um, and if the Gophers are able to land him, that's a guy that can turn around the program um, just with his name, and those are guys that would obviously help, but yeah, I mean, I don't see them getting, just because of where I see Minnesota all around, just like, I feel like they never get the top guys, like, it's never the biggest names, um, and I think it's gonna, that's gonna happen right now, especially with that Indiana job open, um, I think they'll have kind of their first choice of the pickings, and then, and Penn State too, that's another Big Ten team, um, that has a pretty big um, market and Penn State made a hire, I believe. Oh, already. did they? I think See? Purdue's assistant coach. Okay, if I, so I, I missed that, but so yeah, that's already one Big Ten team off the market then, uh, which is good. So Indiana's gonna have their first pickings. Uh, Minnesota definitely has plenty of candidates, whether it's a big name or not, uh, that they are able, they are going to be able to find a guy that they want um, that will be able to fit this program. For sure, yeah. Uh, Penn State hired Micah Shrewsbury. Gotcha. Um, okay, Googled that. And, yeah, he was, uh, I think, with the Celtics when they were, like, developing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So that seems to be a good hire for Penn State. Yeah, definitely. That's going to help him out a lot. Um, Looking at Minnesota here, what, I mean, we talked about Beeline obviously being a long shot. Um, Eric Musselman, how realistic is bringing him in? He's only in his second year at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, what he's done, 
and a lot of these guys, what they've done in the short, like short time in these programs, it, it's been pretty impressive. Um, and the, they're obviously building their names better for themselves when, when you can come to a, like a lower school and really just take off with them. Um, so yeah, he led, he led, uh, Arkansas to a 22 and six record, uh, right behind Alabama, who has surprised everyone in college bass right now. So they finished up second Arkansas did in the sec. Um, and that would be a great hire for us to, to just see a guy coming in the second year to a school like Arkansas and be able to turn, not just turn, not turn the program around, but really just develop this team. Um, he has had two, uh, 20, 20 win seasons. Uh, and even going back, he's had actually had five um, consecutive ones. So I think he'd be a great hire. I don't know how realistic that one is, again, just because he's a bigger-name guy. Um, but he would definitely – I think he would, behind Beeline, again, just – I just got to throw it. I, I can't keep saying his name because that's such a long shot. Uh, but I think, like, Musselman would be um, probably the best hire that we could get for this team. Yeah, he seems like kind of the home run hire. I guess there's also the – I've seen people pose the question too. For both him and Dutcher, you know, why would they really? I mean, obviously, Dutcher had the buyout kind of deal. So I guess this is a place he's wanted to go. But why would either of them really want to leave? They're in warmer climates. They're already having more success and have better teams than Minnesota. You know, obviously, the Big Ten's, you know, bigger conference kind of, you have that bigger program name recognition. But is there really a reason why either of these guys would leave a seemingly better situation to come here and take this job? I mean, I, th- I think you said it. I think it's it's just going to that be- better conference in the Big Ten. Um, Big Ten's always been one of the best conferences in the um, in the nation this year. is on display uh, more than ever. So just having that opportunity to get your name out there. Um, when you're in these bigger conferences, you're able to use that as leverage then in the future. If they want to move to the NBA, um, I think that just being in this this uh, this conference and what this conference conference has historically done, um, I think it just generates more buzz about their name. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, what they've done, all these coaches, what they've done in these um, in these lower programs is very impressive. But I think the goal is to always keep on building up and keep on moving up levels. And I think um, going from like the SEC, going from the Mountain West up to the Big Ten, I think would be a huge accomplishment for these guys. For sure, yeah, especially the way the Big Ten is looking now. I mean, it's a, looking a lot more basketball heavy, um, especially with this the ACC kind of falling off too. Yeah, I mean, they had a obviously they had a down year. Um, I think they have seven teams um, in the tournament. I think the Big Twelve is also at seven, and then the Big Ten took the took the crown with that one ten. So they they obviously are a very impressive conference and one of the best um, in the nation. So. For sure, my bracket is definitely Big Ten run heavy. Um, I did. I did one fun one. I did whenever it was a Big Ten team to win. I just kept having them win, um, and I think I was able to get six or seven in like the Elite Eight. Um, and I think in that bracket, I have Illinois beating Iowa, and that was. I honestly just wanted to do that for fun um, and just see what happens with these Big Ten teams because sure. if they take over the tournament. This might be one of the best brackets out there. I had some wild Big Ten upsets just because I haven't watched anybody else play outside of the Big Ten. <laughs> I, I watch Big Ten basketball the most. Like I kind of have a little bias going to them. Um, but I also think it's it's backed up by how good they actually are. But it is March Madness. Anything can happen. Right. So. And it's like, I don't know. I haven't seen Baylor. I don't know what Baylor <laughs> – I, like, I haven't – Baylor's one of the best teams in the country. I haven't yep. seen them play once this well, it's year. It's because uh, like Baylor and Gonzaga, like – Yes, they're obviously, I mean, nothing to discredit them, but they haven't been playing the best teams, especially recently. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, how they come out against. Obviously, they're going to play a 16 seed, 16 seed right away, um, and then the competition picks up drastically. Right, right, right from there to an 8 or 9 seed. Yeah. I mean, at, like, 
Baylor can be playing Wisconsin second round. So I'm kind of curious um, about that one. Um, but yeah, going back to the coaching search here, Coyle kind of alluded to wanting to move pretty quickly with it, but obviously a lot of the candidates are in the tournament most likely, um, poten- uh, potentially depending on who he's identified. So like, how quickly do you expect this hire? Um, do you think it'll be until after the tournament? Do you think something will happen during the tournament? Um, when a team drops out, I guess, when do you kind of see this position getting filled? Yeah, so I'm not totally sure on, like, what the rules are with talking to coaches who are still um, playing. I mean, obviously, Patino clearly was talking to another team. Um, so I don't really know exactly how that works, and it might be different during the regular season compared to the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, I think I think this, this job is going to be filled up relatively quick. Um, with the people that I outlined in the – in my article for the ones that are in the tournament. Um, I don't think any of them are going to make that deep of runs. Uh, so I definitely think that this position will be filled during the tournament just because of, um, I think the, the championships early April. So we still got like three weeks um, of that. And I definitely expect that position to be filled during it, um, during the tournament. I just don't know exactly when, cause it kind of does depend on who is coil looking at. Um, obviously we don't know for sure. Um, and if the team's still in the, tournament it's it's probably gonna be hard to talk to them when he's when the coach is focused on obviously bigger things at the moment so I do think it'll happen relatively quick but it also depends on who Coyle is looking at and if they're making a deep run or not right that's a rule they want to change in the NFL because every single year the Vikings offensive coordinator (laughs) gets gets coached in the in the playoffs and then and then it all seems to fall apart right as that coach is interviewing for some head coaching job exactly yeah, I think that would definitely be a that would be a good rule. I don't know what the rules are either with this in college basketball, but it would be a, it would be a good one to have uh, in the NFL. That's for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, we we mentioned Patino already at the job in New Mexico, which you know happy to see that he landed on his feet right away. Um, and really not that bad of a program either. Yeah. That's not a bad job. Yeah, and I'm happy for him. I I really hope to see. Um, see his name and see that team in the in the tournament in the coming future just to see that he's succeeding there for sure yeah and i'm I'm really not surprised that he did get a job right away because it's not like he's you know like i think some of his best coaching performances we even saw this year like you look at that iowa game i mean he came up with a great game plan and the gophers executed and won that game um you know there are obviously some other questions with it but you know, now looking to, we're seeing transfers. Jamal Mashburn is entered the transfer portal. We saw Jarvis Omersa enter the transfer portal, both since Patino um, has left. Um, do you think more are coming? And what kind of roster do you expect the new coach to have once kind of all the transfers settle down? Um, Ed Conroy is still on the staff as of now. Um, what could that mean if he's gone as far as Liam? Um, just kind of what do you expect this new coach to kind of jump into here? Yeah, so that's obviously one of the other big questions. Um, we've talked about Mashburn. It wasn't too surprising. Obviously, when it happened, I was still a little taken back, um, but I wasn't too surprised by that. The other big one that, that does scare me, though, is, like you said, with Ed Conroy still be on the staff, is, is Liam Robbins. Um, when a new head coach comes in, who knows if he's going to want to clear the staff um, and bring in his own guys. Um, and that would mean Ed Conroy would leave the team. And he was a big reason why uh, Liam came to the Gophers. Um, his cousin, Hunt Conroy, is going to graduate, too. He was a senior this year. Uh, so I could definitely see Liam Robbins transferring, too, and that would obviously be a huge hit for the team. Uh, we saw what happened to them after Liam got injured with his foot injury. Um, they already they were already playing bad, and then Liam gets injured. Rebounding the ball became a lot harder for them, so that would be a big loss for them. 
And looking at these other younger guys too, I could I could see other people following what Jamal did too. Um, a lot of these people came to this team because of Patino, and Patino's gone now. And if if these younger guys continue to follow suit, whoever this new coach that comes in is going to have a lot of holes on this team, and that's obviously not going to be an easy thing to replace right away. So I don't know really who else might follow suit, but Robbins is definitely the one I keep my eye on because of his ties with um, Ed Conroy. So for sure, and I mean. There's always the possibility, too. Who knows if Patino will try to bring some of his coaching staff down with him to New Mexico. Yep. Um, and, you know, we could see players following him there as well. Um, another thing to think about, too, is Marcus Carr is most likely gone um, as, you know, he'll look to try to make a push to the NBA. So this could be a completely different roster this year, kind of like it was this last year, too. I mean, uh, starters were Brandon Johnson, Liam Robbins, um, you know, the new guys coming in, Booth Gawk, uh, yeah. it was a pretty new roster this year. Yeah, they had, they had three transfers. You list them on, then the three um, three freshmen coming in, too. So they had six new guys in the roster. Um, and I, I'd assume we'd see the same sort of thing this next season, just seeing a lot of new faces. Um, and someone even, um, not someone, but the new coach even having people transfer here because of him. That's also something we could see, too. And it's obviously going to depend on who he is, um, like who, who the new coach is. And if, if he brings over new transfers – um, it could be a, it could be a great way to kind of just hit the restart button. Um, obviously, you can't like rebuild in college, but it could be a quick rebuild, getting some new faces on this team. So it goes both ways. You lose guys when you lose a coach, but the new coach also can bring some guys in. For sure, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they're able to bring in and who the new coach brings in along with him. Um, and you know, looking at this new coach too, he's got. I don't know if you saw Chip Scoggins' column where he asked a couple of Division One coaches, like, what what is the drawbacks of this job? Um, one of them was the fans, because Minnesota fans are obviously incredibly negative. Um, <laughs> and I like how we're saying that. Like, we're the same way, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they are, it's, it's incredibly negative. Uh, and the biggest fan criticism of Patino was that he couldn't keep in-state talent. You know, every single year we're seeing Tyus Jones, we're seeing Trey Jones, we're seeing Jalen Suggs, we're seeing Chet Holmgren, we're seeing, you know, all these top recruits that Minnesota can't keep here. Um, and it kind of all fell on Patino's shoulders. People are like, well, Patino can't recruit. Um, and, you know, if it's one of these smaller name guys like, um, you know, Dennis uh, Dennis Gates or, or Brian Dutcher, you know, Will they be able to kind of keep any of this in-state talent? Like, what's a realistic expectation? Because, you know, people have been kind of saying recently, too, you know, it's not even bringing in those top guys. It's kind of the two, three guys down the list. Um, But what's a realistic expectation, especially if, you know, kids don't want to stay home and play here? Yeah, I mean, I was just about to bring up that the fact that whoever's at our at our coaching spot um, at the moment you're not bringing in the number one uh, recruit in the class you're not you're not getting your check Chet Holmgren um, no matter who's coaching pretty much so that's right I, I give Patino a break there because a lot of people do blame him um, but I, I really don't think there's a coach um, that could have brought those guys here just with the program how it is right now um, moving forward though getting those guys that are the third fourth best maybe even the second best whatever in Minnesota I think the biggest thing, and I, I talked about this earlier, but is getting someone with Minnesota ties, getting someone that's more personable and that they can relate to these kids growing up in Minnesota um, and going to a school like Minnesota. So I think the biggest part um, to really secure the the best chance, I guess I would say, uh, to keep Minnesota in, to keep in-state um, 
in-state players in Minnesota. It's a tongue twist whenever I try to say it. Um, but I think that is the best way to do it is by getting someone with Minnesota ties. Um, bigger names obviously going to help you. I mean, you get a guy like Juwan Howard too, and you he's been there for such a short time. He's already getting these awesome recruits in the future. So obviously big the names, number two recruit yeah, here in Minnesota. Obviously big names help. Um, but I think the biggest thing is trying to get someone with Minnesota ties to just trying to trying to relate to these to these kids growing up. For sure, Minnesotans do love the Minnesotan tie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which uh, that could be for sure um, helpful. I mean, obviously it'll be helpful with the fans. The fans will be all for it if yeah. it's uh, somebody local. That's um, why I I really don't want like I think Ryan Saunders would do a good job here, but what I'm worried about, and this goes back to negative fans, uh, ne- negative fandom in Minnesota, but. If Saunders fails, it'll be so easy to criticize Minnesota for grabbing him because he was probably, you could say, the easiest get. And, like, Coyle just made the easy way out uh, by getting Saunders. And he obviously could be a good coach, but I'm just worried that if he fails, um, it's just going to be so easy to look back and be like, that was such an easy signing. Like, Coyle took the easy way way out and uh, got Saunders. So I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but I think think that Coyle should look outside of Ryan Saunders and – try to get some of these other guys that are more um, – have still Minnesota ties, but not Ryan Saunders, if, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I know Patino wasn't Coyle's hire, but looking at it, uh, Ryan Saunders is essentially hiring Richard Patino. Uh, you look at it, it's kind of – you know, you're hiring it because of – you're hiring this guy because of his dad's name. Yep. And, you know, that that didn't work out with Patino. Um, I don't think Patino deserved a lot of the criticism that he got, Agreed. but nevertheless um, – you know, the reason he got that job at 30 to be the youngest coach in the Big Ten is because his dad was Rick Pitino. Um, If Ryan Saunders, you know, the reason Ryan Saunders got the Timberwolves job was because Flip. his dad's yeah. name was Flip Saunders. So there's, I think they need to steer clear of that because I, it's, I don't think it makes a difference to go from one coach who, you know, was probably unqualified for the job to go to another coach who's probably unqualified for the job. Yep, totally. Um. But, you know, despite that, you know, the way Patino went out, I don't think was maybe the fairest of circumstances. He had quite a few years here. But, I mean, you look at the second half of the season, like you said, Liam was down with a foot injury. Kelsher broke his hand. You have all these different injuries kind of popping up at the end of the season. I mean, Brandon Johnson was playing. He was limping through at the end of the game. Um, Those games, I mean, he, he battled right to the end. But, you know, and Booth Gock, too, has had that foot injury. I mean, he couldn't score the second half of the season. Like, that, there was something definitely not right with him. Yep. Um, so you kind of look at that, and you look at Tubby Smith before him. He had probably worse rosters than Bettino and got further, and he got kicked out the door as well. Um, but, you know, do you think do you think Minnesota's kind of too impatient with their basketball coaches where – like Tubby Smith, I mean, maybe give him a roster like Patino had with Amir Coffey and some of those guys. Who knows how far Tubby Smith could have taken that team? You know, Patino, if the team didn't get injured this year, they could have been in the tournament. Um, you know, obviously their play started falling off before then, but you just kind of look at all that, and the next coach is probably not going to be off to a great start coming into this program right away. It takes a couple of years to build. I guess, do you think Minnesota's too impatient? And like we kind of discussed earlier, do you think they'll be more patient with this next coach that they bring in? Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's why I mentioned that earlier. I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see is how long and how long of a leash um, this new coach gets. So that's the biggest question. Looking at Patino, so, yeah, he was here for eight years. He obviously had some highs, um, but I think his, his lows outweighed his highs. Um, his biggest struggle outside of not being able to keep in-state recruits here was that conference winning. I mean, 
when I, I never realized really how bad that record was until I actually saw the numbers of what his out-win percentage was winning the Big Ten. And I think that's that was probably one of the biggest things to go along with um, his recruiting problem within state. So I think if if this new coach is able to come in, I think the biggest thing that Mark Coyle um, and, and, his, and his staff is going to look at is if he can turn this kind of um, team around, specifically in the Big Ten. Um, but Tino, obviously, he had some good seasons. He got us to two, two NCAA tournaments. Um, and so, yeah, he, he was successful here. Eight years. Um, I think this was, like, coming for some time. And with how Patino and the Gophers finished off the season was kind of like the last straw. Um, the whole talk was if Patino would have made the tournament this year, because he got extended last time after he made the tournament, was he going to do that same thing again this year? Um, and I guess we'll, it's something that we'll never know because injuries happen to every program. Um, and Patino would always say that on, an, on his um, in his interviews. He's not trying to make excuses, but they did get hit with the injury bug pretty bad. And it's something that as a coach and as a team, you guys got to play through. And it just it happened to happen. It happened to have, um, obviously, like the worst effect because it ended up losing his job because of it. So it wasn't the best circumstance, obviously. And then with COVID too, having a weird off season, obviously weird circumstances during the season. So not the best circumstances for Tino to go out. And I kind of wish he had a better going away season than what we had, just with the, all the unfortunate events that took place. So I wasn't too surprised, but I really hope that. This isn't a common occurrence, and Coyle continues to have short leashes with people because you you can't just keep going from coach to coach. I mean, we see it with the Vikings going from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. You need to have some just just someone to stick in and ride out with, and hopefully things turn around. And who knows? Maybe this next coach is the guy that turns around uh, Minnesota basketball. Right, right, and he can't be blamed for the Tubby Smith one. Um, and he he seemed to give. I mean, he gave Patino another year last year when kind of all the rumors were rising. And you know, the question after this year was was it going to happen? And you know, whether he would get fired even if they made the tournament. Um, obviously, you know, kind of made his decision easier for him when they fell apart towards yeah, the end of the definitely. year. But. You know, that's I guess that's it, and we'll have to see here in the next couple of days who Minnesota will bring in. I guess, do you have any last thoughts on, you know, Richard Pitino or who the Gophers might bring in as the next head coach? Yeah, I mean, last thoughts I have is I, I really do um, hope the best for Pitino. I'm, I'm going to be really excited to see how he kind of transitions with this new team, um, and I, I really do hope he succeeds. Uh, he was super nice, like I said. I was really happy to work with him for this short time. Um, I mean, talking in Zooms, he was always, always super personable and he was very welcoming um, and always had a good outlook on things. Even when they were losing, he still came um, in a good mood to the Zoom conferences. So I really hope the best for him. Looking at our new coach, I really just hope that um, he's able, whoever it is, is able to kind of turn this program around. And not, they don't need to be the best team in the Big Ten, um, but show some show some growth um, playing in conference and getting some Minnesota recruits and I guess that's all fans can be happy for at the moment. If he comes in and is able to make some growth uh, with his team, small steps is all you need, but it's going to take time, and I think Minnesota fans need to realize it's going to take time. It's not something that switches over one season. Um, so give this guy, whoever it is, some time and, and let him let him work with the team he's got. For sure, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. And, yeah, definitely wish Richard Patino the best. Uh, in the future, it was always good to talk to him on those Zooms and – he even took a lot of the questions about his future uh, pretty in stride, um, which is more did. than you can say for 
for a lot of coaches. Um, Very true. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's all we had. I mean, it was great to have you here to talk a little bit more about this. And, yeah, have a, have a great rest of your night. Yeah, thanks for having me. In other news, the Gophers men's hockey team survived overtime games against Michigan State and Michigan before topping Wisconsin 6-4 in the Big Ten Championship for winning its first Big Ten title since 2015. Next up for the Gophers is the NCAA tournament, and the selection show takes place this Sunday. The Gophers volleyball team fell victim to another postponement on Thursday. The team's match against Wisconsin was postponed, and it was the fifth match to be postponed this season for the Gophers. They're still on track to play as scheduled on Sunday against the Badgers at home here at Maturi Pavilion. The Gophers wrestling team is in the midst of the NCAA championships this weekend. Heavyweight Gable Stevenson will look for his first national championship title after earning his second consecutive Big Ten title last week. Gophers cross-country runner Bethany Haas was named both the Big Ten Women's Cross-Country Athlete of the Year and the Midwest's Women's Cross-Country Athlete of the Year. Haas placed 8th in the NCAA Championships and won the Big Ten cross-country title this season. The Gophers softball team won all six of its games this weekend against Rutgers and Michigan State. The Gophers are off to a 9-3 start under first-year head coach Piper Ritter, and they will continue to play this weekend in a four-game series against Illinois. That's all for this week. Be sure to check our website, mndaily.com, for more extensive coverage, and tune in again next week to get the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Thanks.